podcast to magically disappoint your parents. Hey, we are back. We've been working on being synchronized, and I think we did a good job. Thank so, you. Yes. I, I think we did. Yeah. <laughs> we held that note long. We held it long. So welcome back to the show, everybody. Nicole, here you are. We're pulling the long hours with me. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> um, we want to read some fan mail before we start on today's episode with our friend Armina, but we'll get to that in a second. So from, uh, hopefully I don't butcher this username, the Natashan. Um she wrote us, Hi, Jean and Rose. I'm so grateful that a friend of mine suggested that you're, you're podcast to me. I was feeling so isolated as a Panay in the military and the only one in my current workplace. Your podcast has really helped me to feel more at home and helps to set the tone of my day since I listen to Bruja Baddies during my morning and afternoon commutes. Aww. Thanks for writing us. You know, we don't... Uh, it, it, it takes a lot of energy to expend writing a letter than like LOL or... WTF, you know? <laughs> so thank you for these complete sentences and that complete energy, Natasha Ann. <laughs> and also, shout out to your friend. Who are they? <laughs> I know, right? What? You're giving me a look. Am I? Did I give you a look? No, yeah. I don't know. Oh. It's late, but we're here. <laughs> All right. Anyway, shout out to your friend for telling you about Bruja Baddies. Yes. Uh, next time, <laughs> DM, DM us their tags that we shot them out for us. <laughs> All right, here we are. Here we are. On this episode. <laughs> in 2099. Stop I'm it. Just playing. Um, and so today's episode is brought to you by uh, just us. Yeah, because we're not capitalists. <laughs> um, and so who we have here? Who, who we have? We've been referencing this person <laughs> um, without any royalties in place. So, You're um, still not going to get any royalties, but at least you have like 30-something minutes to um, talk shit, I guess. Yeah. So we have Armina. Yes, Armina is here. Oh my god, Armina, who the F are you? <laughs> and um, how did we meet? Well, um, who the F am I uh, is a good question. So... I'm uh, born and raised in Las Vegas. I'm a student Ooh. at UNLV. I'm an undergrad student. Um, yeah, I, we met because of an intro class uh, to Asian American Studies, Intro to Asian American Studies, AS mm. 102, taught by Dr. Mark Padungpat. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you were actually registered for that class, unlike myself. Yes. Or myself. <laughs> <laughs> we I just sat. Yeah. I didn't know you weren't registered no. for it. Oh, I so like I didn't even know that. Um, yeah, I think I just showed up way after syllabus, so I didn't know that he had like a no electronics clause. Oh. And so like, like he he it was like mid semester, and I'm over there like <laughs> with your very colorful laptop. Yeah, and I was like, Ooh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, then we both or we all started working on Neon Pacific, which is a, another podcast about. Um, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders in Las Vegas, and that's sort of how we met, and we're still here. We are here, and you're kind of our, um, we reference you a lot because you are a knowledgeable native Nevadan. Yeah. <clears throat> you're a battle-born bee, mm-hmm. and um, you, I don't know, should we go into this? Yeah, let's, let's do it, let's do it. I mean, are you okay? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm all for it. Hey. So I can't remember where you mentioned your ecofeminism. Um, mm. I would like for you to talk about that. Yeah. So um, I don't think I talked about my major at all uh, in my like intro to myself, but I'm an urban studies major. A lot of people don't know what that is, so I'll kind of go into that Yay. a little bit. But um, I became an urban studies major my second year, or my second semester of college, because I was actually an environmental science major at the beginning, which is, I think, how I brought up being like an eco-feminist or just caring about uh, sustainability and also feminism. Um, but um, I was an environmental science major in my first semester because I was an environmental science major kind of in high school. Oh. I went to a career and technical academy that had different programs, and the program that I was in was environmental science. And I had chosen that because I, I've always really liked the ocean, and I think like everyone when they were 12 wanted to be a marine biologist. I also wanted to be a marine biologist. Mm. We're and nodding. So, yeah. yeah. So that sort of stemmed, my, like, my uh, love for environmental science sort of stemmed from me just wanting to be around marine mammals. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I interned with Save Red Rock in my senior year of high school, and that's sort of when I was really getting into environmental activism. Um, and then, uh, be, so Save Red Rock, for everyone that doesn't know what that is, mm -hmm. um, it was, there was a developer, like a home developer, that wanted to develop land on the one of the sides of uh, Red Rock uh, National Conservation Area. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to build, like, a 5,000-house development. Sounds about right in this city. And, yeah. like, the houses out there are already pretty big. Yeah. They are pretty big. And they're also already kind of reaching out yeah. Yeah. pretty far. And so they wanted to develop on one of the other sides of mm -hmm. Red Rock. And I was against it. So that's why I was interning for Save Red Rock. Um, because while it wasn't actually part of the conservation area, it was it would still affect the conservation area, mm -hmm. uh, with there being like fourteen thousand people living right outside of it. Um, so that's sort of where that came from, or well, that's just how I started getting involved. Mm -hmm. um, I've always been vocal about being a feminist, mostly on like Twitter and stuff. When I was a dumb fourteen year old, <laughs> wow, well, fourteen, you knew what feminism was? Yeah, that's I mean, pretty good. It's though. pretty. It's pretty recent. I mean, who, I mean, who, who exposed you, know you to it though? Who? That's a good question. I think just the internet. The Tumblr, think, probably Tumblr. I, I've Damn, had Tumblr. I had no idea. I had Tumblr, like since I was ten. Dang. Because I'm I'm only twenty, so um, everybody be young out here. The internet kind of raised me, mostly. I mean that's the so. I think yeah, I've just always been vocal about it. Um, I've gone to like women's marches and stuff, but I also think that I'm trying to sort of reach out and do more local things now instead Yay. of participating. What an ideal yeah. Nevada out here. Growth. Yeah. <laughs> Growth. I'm, I'm looking at the outline, and I completely didn't ask the question that I was going <laughs> to But I think that, um, yeah, Armina really covered it. I'm just shocked that you knew what um, feminism was at 14. I mean, I was, like, trying to get through my adolescence, like, in survival and conformity at that age. Like, I'm, like... I was very much, like, uh, very conservative. I was a conservative 14-year-old, Yeah. So how did, I mean, how did your family respond to that? I mean, you have, like... Yeah, uh, well, so some family background for me, <laughs> um, which I think we'll probably get into a little bit later also, just with the topic of, like, the research I do and mm -hmm. why I do it. Uh, but I'm fully Filipino, but my mom and my dad divorced when I was younger, and so I've grown up for most, like, almost all of my life 
in like a half Filipino, half black household. Mm. Um, and so uh, my mom is very strict and sort of perpetuates Asian stereotypes, I guess, being like like the tiger mom sort of type. She's kind of calmed down recently. Um, I think most of that is also partly because she's from Hawaii. She contributes like her calmness side to that versus like, she because she grew up in a very strict environment um, where she grew up going to Catholic school for a very long time in the Philippines. Mm. Um, and then she went to Hawaii <clears throat> and only was friends with other Filipino people who were also religious and mm. also had the same views as like her family. Okay, And um, my stepdad just doesn't really care much about um, like social politics and just sort of like feminism or like environmentalism or just any of that. Just very stuff. neutral. Yeah, he's very neutral and sometimes kind of ignorant. I mean, neutral or like apathetic. Apathetic's a better word. Yeah, Thank probably you. more apathetic than uh, neutral. But so they've kind of struggled, I think, cause, because um, I'm the youngest in my family. Of I how many? Six. Okay. Damn, six. I always thought you had three. Well, so, blended family. Oh, yes. Yeah, blended family. I have um, one older and one older brother and sister biologically, but I have three step uh, siblings. And then also one half sister that kind of gets left out of that conversation. Mm. But um, so... Yeah, big family. I'm the youngest, though. And so I think I'm also kind of the loudest mm. and the most rebellious, probably. Okay. Those babies, you know? Yeah, because the, they're more willing to kind of put up with it. A bunso baddie. Yeah, <laughs> those Um And so I think they've kind of struggled, because I've been really loud about it, about, like, feminism and racism and just a lot of stuff. Mm. And uh, they don't take to it very well. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. <laughs> and my, um, especially my stepdad. And my mom will have talks with me after I talk to both of them, and will be like, I don't know why you always have to, like, stir things up. We have a very calm household. Mm. Wow. Um, yeah, it's a lot to unpack. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I can really um, relate and identify because um, family too responded to me in a way, and it, it will be interesting to see how this unfolds ten yeah. years from now or twenty years after from now. your parents hear this episode. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and maybe yeah. or maybe not have growth. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, thank you for disclosing that with us. Yeah. Um, but also, kudos to uh, your survival and yeah. trying to hold on to these um, activisms and uh, convictions. So, yeah. I mean, which which also feels, we didn't really know this full scope of you. And yet, me and Nicole have always really gravitated towards you and respected you. Um, we're like, we gotta, we gotta hang out or, you know, more. <laughs> It's like, that's always in our back pocket. It's, it's like our, um, I don't know, what is it? Like a, I don't want to infantilize you because you very much have your shit together. Yeah. Thank you. I don't think I do, but <laughs> it's nice to hear that. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, but like, I don't know. It's like a, you're like a little sister. Yeah. I, guess. Oh, I, love that. <laughs> I mean, even in, in Mark's class, in, in intro class, the very first class you took, like you'd always come like inquisitive and prepared and like I was just I was always taken about I was like look at this person what I had this? hope I mean Fossa wasn't even existing I'm like oh fuck Armina's all of Fossa right now mm. yeah Thank I don't mean you. to put that you know no, on okay. your shoulders yeah it's okay cool <laughs> <laughs> if only this had an uh, audio visual aspect to no, it no that's cool <laughs> um 
So I guess, like, how did your parents take to you? I'm taking your question. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, going in your academic direction. Mm. So, yeah, they have not been the most supportive, um, which I feel like they would argue with if they ever heard this episode. Um, but they, I actually wanted to go out of state for a really long time, and I did mm. get into my dream school, which was Loyola Marymount in L.A., mm. uh, for urban studies. Whoa. And so um, <clears throat> they just weren't so sure that I wanted to do this they were like telling me like i don't know if you want to do this like if you're like (laughs) like everyone changes their major all the time none of my siblings have gone out of state they both uh went to unlv um and so they just weren't about me going out of state and they Mm. also weren't me about me going into this sort of direction that i'm going in um now i think they're starting to see like what it means i just don't i just think that they didn't understand it mm-hmm. um but i didn't go to state they also kind of used my cousins from hawaii as an example because i have two older cousins in hawaii that left to go to school um on the <coughs> mainland mm-hmm. and then went back to hawaii <coughs> after their first year but i'm like it's hawaii like why wouldn't you want to go back to hawaii <laughs> um like this you know, is this is just interesting because we've had, I don't know if I can share this conversation, but so you had the option to move mm. out yes. of state. Yeah. And now there's conversations of you moving out yeah. now, right? So right. it's just like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You asked me to what say. What do you want? What is the truth? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Quit tossing me around, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it's all been a bit confusing. I also, uh, after they were like, no, you can't go to California. I tried to go to Reno because I was like, I don't want to be in Vegas because the whole time I've lived in Vegas until recently, I didn't like being here. I wanted to move away. I just couldn't wait until I could go to college and like move away. And now, uh, now that I'm in college and have a little bit more freedom to like go around and do what I want, I feel a nice attachment to Vegas instead of like an unhealthy, like, right. Yeah. There's, like, some, as someone who's not from here, there's for sure, like, a, um, like, a grow to love the city. Yeah. For me, at least. I feel the same. Yeah. Um, is, so, when you were, like, I hate the city a little bit less, what fully changed for you, like, besides the freedom? Um, I don't know. I just think my perspective on it changed a little bit. I think also some of that came from Dr. Kudung Pat's class, because we largely focused on, like, how we could apply topics to Vegas, um, and just thinking about Vegas as sort of a bigger city than what I thought it was. Because to me, it was just, like, so much my inner circle and, like, so much just my family and, like, my house mm-hmm. um, that I start to see it more as, like, this place where things are happening. And, mm-hmm. like, uh, there's growth happening, and it's such a young city that has so much to offer. And a lot of people don't see it as that because they just sort of see it as, like, the strip mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but Or, like, a city that you move to and then you're going to move out of really quickly because it's a transient city or mm-hmm. whatever but I think uh, I still don't want to stay here forever but I think it could be that for people and I like that about it so it, it, I'm like <clears throat> before we really like dive into the research we keep referencing here, <laughs> um, what was your big dream for yourself in choosing um, urban studies so I haven't quite figured out what direction I want to go into. I think at the beginning, I just wanted to do something about climate change mm-hmm. and something um, effective about it, which is why I changed my major, because um, the environmental science program here is largely just geology or geography pathways, mm. and that's all like lab work and stuff. And while that's interesting to me, I wanted to do something that would like affect people 
Mm. Um, I mean, not that those things don't affect people, but just something that would more directly affect people. Mm -hmm. And so that would be like policy and stuff. I talked to an advisor and they're like, oh, maybe you should do urban studies. And so I did that. Um, But so at first I was just like, oh, I want to do something about uh, climate change. And then I sort of I started thinking about like community development, which is um, like urban planning. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so urban planning encompasses a bunch of things, and the one the sectors of that that I'm most interested in are sustainability and um, community development, and then also sort of public transportation, mm. just because I think it's really interesting, and we don't have a like really working efficient uh, public transit system here. Mm-hmm. And we I do go, not. I go no. other places. Uh, like, I went to Portland in um, December, and it was just so, like, the city just runs different. And, like, a lot of people just bike or, like, take the train, and that's cool. Yeah, I know that, like, folks bike out here, but that is kind of dangerous. Right. <laughs> I, you brought up something really important about the lack of public transportation and the effect of real air pollution that's happening in our city. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> some of the status that we're, or the research we're doing here, um, uh, on campus for the Women's Research Institute is the effect of lung cancer among women. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've also, um, I also interned with Defend Our Future in my freshman year of college, and we ran the stat, or, like, we told people the stat that a lot of people, like, a lot of kids here have breathing problems because of the, like, really bad air quality, so a lot of people have asthma here. Yes, that's true. And so it affects kids, and just, it's, it sucks. So. Yeah. You, I mean... You're taking a bold leap into this major, but like how beneficial it will be in the long run. Yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about your research. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, my research with um, Dr. Padung Pat that I was talking about earlier that we did in his class, uh, which was the first the intro class, we had to make like a digital magazine sort of thing as like our final project um, about something in Vegas relating to. I don't know what the exact assignment was. It was just something relating to Asian Americans in, like, Vegas, if we could relate it to Vegas. We're not giving away the final here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I chose to do my initial one on uh, why Vegas is the ninth island. Um, And I started doing that just because my mom moved here from Hawaii when she was, or went right before my parents had me. And my mom loves Hawaii and, like, lived there for so long. And she moved here. um, And I wanted to know, like, I had gone to Hawaii a couple years ago, or, like, the year before I did this project. And I we went to a restaurant, and it talked, like, on the menu, there was something that was called the Ninth Island, and then it had a little blurb about Vegas. And I was like, why is Vegas the Ninth Island? This just makes no sense to me. It's a desert. Like, what does that mean? And, like, I wanted to know. So I kind of started doing research on that. Um, and also just wanted to delve a little bit into, like, my own personal family history because my mom doesn't like to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is for academia, Mom. Yeah, I just Research like... is research. <laughs> I just like to be nosy. Yes. So, yeah. Isn't that, that's pretty much what research is. Yeah. Being nosy. Yeah. Nosy bees. <laughs> but, so, uh, let's go back to this concept of the Ninth Island. Like, because... I for sure did not know that either. I mean, I just did notice that there were a lot of, uh, like, Hawaiian folks that are out in Vegas, mm-hmm. and I, why is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Vegas is the ninth island. Um, there has been a large, 
like growth in population of Hawaiian folks, both native Hawaiians and just residents of Hawaii moving here since the 90s and mm -hmm. increased like every 10 years, um, according to the census. So, um, shout out census. They <laughs> <laughs> will not sponsor. This. <laughs> and so, um, that there's that, and then we there's also the California Hotel, which plays a large part in um, folks coming here, uh, even if it's just visiting. So um, they've they come here to the California Hotel, which is a Hawaiian themed hotel called the California, which <laughs> is very not I don't know, it just doesn't make sense. Um, but it was initially going to be marketed towards Southern Californians, um, and then. That didn't work out, so Sam Boyd went to Hawaii and marketed it to Hawaiians. And they have like plumerias on like the floor carpet, um, and like the employees wear <laughs> Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, <laughs> um, all the food there is Hawaiian based. There's good oxtail soup there. That's what it's great to see now. I mean, I'm not a Filipino, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Hawaiian, Hawaiian. Popular Hawaiian food and popular culture is a blend. Yes, it is. Yeah. Great, so, great distinction. Yeah, I talked about that on another podcast, which was interesting. Um, but oh, wait, what? What podcast? Uh, <laughs> Spicy Eyes. So Mark got me in touch. What? With, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Cross. What is it called? Promotion. Um, yeah, cross promotion. What's up, Spicy Eyes? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, Oh my gosh, I just lost where I was completely. But yeah, all the food there is like Hawaiian food. Um, it's just very Hawaiian themed. Uh, it's really wild. Because the outside is sort of themed as like gold mining. Mm. Uh, and it's next to Main Street Station, which is also sort of the same vibe. Uh, but the inside is completely just themed Hawaii. Um, and so in at like the start of the casino, there were packages from that you could get in Hawaii that included like flight tickets, um, meal tickets, and like a hotel stay at the California for really cheap. And so there were three charter flights coming in from Hawaii to Vegas mm. every week that brought these people who have these packages to go to Vegas for really cheap. And so that started sort of like the tourism uh, aspect of Hawaiian people coming here. And then people just started moving here. Um, mostly like in the case of my parents and a bunch of other people, it was because of the growth of Vegas and the um, opportunities for jobs. Um, my dad um, opened up Mandalay Bay to be a butcher. Um, and like, it's way cheaper to live in Vegas than it is to live in Hawaii. <laughs> so yeah. um, they, and the, like our family was starting to grow and they were just like, we need to like go mm. if we can. And so they did. Um, and a bunch of other people did. And so, Wow, I mean, I even think about like the hospitality industry that exists on the island. So those are transferable skills yeah. to the hospitality industry here. Yeah, yeah. Because my mom was a travel agent in Hawaii, and she like easily found a job uh, to be a travel agent here. So it's interesting. I mean, she worked a couple like odd casino jobs before she found that. But you know, I I guess yeah. I really think about like the move, right? So we have an influx of white Americans moving for high-end homes in Hawaii, mm. and then we have Hawaii Hawaiians or Hawaiian populations move here on to the mainland where, like, white Americans are supposed to be living. Like, there's this... Right. Yeah, it's like um, migrating because of job opportunities. And gentrification. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah. Forced migration. Right. Yes, forced migration. Great. Thank yeah. you for that. 
much to digest. <laughs> There's a lot to yeah. unpack there. Yeah. That's like a um, like an academic drinking game. <laughs> much to digest. Let's unpack that. Yeah. The ways in which. <laughs> I also think about just. I mean, I'm trying to put my shoes or myself in your mom's shoes. Like you go from like a really green and uh, environmental tropical yeah and tropical and centered place Mm. and then you come to the desert and have to adapt because housing is affordable yeah in translation of hawaiian dollars too yeah yeah that's interesting because i think my mom struggled a lot because she uh, moved from the philippines to hawaii when she was 13 because her her grandpa uh got commissioned to work on Kauai at a sugarcane plantation. Yeah, There's a lot of history. I mean, you are part of that. Yeah, my mom, I was talking to my mom about this recently, and she was like, yeah, he was one of, like, the first Filipino people that they, like, took over to Hawaii to work on a sugarcane plantation. But, like, why? Right. And so there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, my mom uh, had for a long time had uh, really bad memories of the sugarcane plantation because mm. uh, my mom lived on Oahu but every summer they would go visit her grandpa on Kauai at the sugarcane plantation mm-hmm. and I always wanted to go to Kauai like when I was younger because I like it's like the garden island it's the oldest island it's pretty and it's like where the famous like Nepali coast is which is like the green mountains um but she was like no I don't want to go to Kauai because she's like traumatized Dang. by this sugarcane plantation. I hear that. I mean, yeah. it's just interesting, you know, you are of this long lineage of history, and yet here you are stopping to turn and look back mm. at that. Yeah, we tried to find her grandpa's old house <laughs> while we were, because we went to Kauai for my high school graduation, um, and she, we couldn't find it, and she was kind of distraught about it. It's mm. like, there's all this history, and like she can't even... Like, there's not even anything there to come Damn, to. that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And Tita, <laughs> if you're listening, please go to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can see how this plays out in, you know, just raising you. You know, this is still a very new place, even if you've lived yeah. here a long time for your mom. And yeah. navigating how many moves in one lifetime. Mm-hmm. That's tiring. Yeah. Moves that are, like, informed by imperialism and, and like, yeah. uh, colonization and yeah. lack of resources in your home. Right. Ooh. It's tough. Yeah. I don't even think I finished my thought there, but I think my mom struggled coming here just because um, she, for such a long time, she lived in these green places mm. and, like, um, just surrounded by, like, family. And here, we didn't have any family. And so, because when she was in Hawaii, like, her dad was there, her brother was Mm. there, all of her friends were there, all of her friends still are there. And so, I think my mom still now struggles a lot being here, because it's so different to what she's grown up and known. Yeah. Um, And she just wants to go back, but it's very expensive to live in Hawaii, and to retire in Hawaii, and all of this stuff. That's so so. painful. Like, when I fully digest that, like... That's so painful. Like, I can't go home because I can't afford to go home. Yeah. Fuck. Because it's like if they, if my parents were to go move to Hawaii, they would have to live in, like, a one-bedroom apartment. And, like, everything in Hawaii is, like, built on top of each other because it's, well, at least on Oahu because it's a, it's a very high-populated area Mm. in such a small island. And so, uh, but, like, my mom would want to be on Oahu because that's where everyone is. That's where, like, her family is. That's where her friends are, so... It's kind of Dang. a lot to take in. Um, yeah, it's like displacement. 
but yeah very interesting also to how it's all connected like the philippines the united states hawaii las vegas like Mm -hmm. there is this chain like it's very much um connected yeah and it's like a lot of people have the same sort of path that my mom took yeah which is really interesting and i never really thought about that until i was starting to do this research um because a lot of other people said the same exact thing like they moved to hawaii and they lived on hawaii and like went to high school there and then they moved here for jobs and other things or to go to college a lot of a lot of hawaiian Mm -hmm. uh, youth come here to go to college and so that's always really interesting because I never thought about like the linkage between the two because I didn't even know Vegas was the ninth island until I started really like thinking about it and like like how many Hawaiian takeout places there are in Vegas and that's mm-hmm. not like normal if there's not like a population that's, like, yeah. that wants those things. So, yeah. You make me really think about the different dynamic of that um, those who were residents, Hawaiian residents, in their interaction, right? So you go... And it's very much like you know each other within just the day of interaction out here. There is a term that they use, which is called we're the parking uh, or a garage community, where we basically get into our car in the garage and then leave our home and then come back into the garage without any interaction Mm. with neighbors. Um, Mm. And so that's very isolating, especially for people who've migrated from the Philippines or Hawaii or even Guam. And to know that wait, my neighbors don't want to talk to me. It's very alienating and isolating. Yeah, that's interesting. So, on, like, the topic of, like, my research and, like, that, like, the garage community sort of thing, a bunch of people on my (laughs) cul-de-sac are actually from Hawaii. Wow! um, Including, like, my mom and then these two nice, like, older people who live, like, two houses down and then, like, uh, this like mom and like her kids who live like three houses down, and so like we like we've kind of changed that in our cul-de-sac. Amazing. Wow. Like know all of our neighbors, uh, with like ex- <clears throat> like some exceptions. Yeah. But, like we know all of our neighbors. Our um, neighbors like our direct neighbors' kids come over t- and like bring us cookies all the time. So innocent. And like they know my mom and like all of this stuff. It's really it's really cool. Um, and I actually interviewed um, the two older people. Uh, that live on my street that are from Hawaii because they actually used to come on like the San Boyd uh, package to Hawaii wow. all the time or to Vegas all the time from Hawaii and um, the guy the older guy, uh, his name's Hank uh, or Henry, whichever uh, <laughs> he um, uh, used to go golfing out here and so um, like when he would come and then he just re- like really liked the lifestyle that he lived or that he was having when he was here and they just moved so wow. Which is cool. I love that you have added that because it's like um, migration can inform that space. Yeah. And change it for, yeah. And it's not just like, oh, this is going to be in some academic journal. Mm-hmm. We're going to put that out there. You're going you're to get published. Thank you. We know this. Um, and for no one to read or whatever, but it's very much like real people and real lives. Yeah. 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 It wasn't like doctor, neighbor of that. You know what I mean? It really was like. They, they, um, they were within the research that you found the people. Gosh, what? I mean, I can't wait for more of this research. Yes. Thank you. And to have you back on. <laughs> I think a lot of our listeners um, from, you know, who can relate are really going to reach out. Because, I mean, you know, sitting on the commission, they're just like, oh, yeah, California Hotel is important. 
but we don't know why. You know what, what I mean? What, what, you, yeah. what commission are you talking about? We're talking about the AAPI commission. I'm going to say it, you know, because, like, um, and the, the um, I forget what the name of her is, uh, who does represent that community. She is very receptive to knowing more. Um, but, you know, sometimes academia seems either too far outreach or um, too inaccessible. So yeah. knowing that there are young people um, who don't have names and titles still doing the work, the legwork, mm-hmm. is important. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, you don't need saying we don't need permission to know more about ourselves. Yeah. So pay your lead library fees. <laughs> Um, any wisdom you have to impart on our listeners? I mean, um, I don't know. I just don't feel like I have a lot of wisdom. Um, you just drop a bunch of stuff. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm just really bad at thinking on the spot. Oh, no, it's fine. I mean, I just think that, um, and I know I say this a lot, but I think you're really brilliant. And, um, I don't know. I think you also... You don't try to put everyone in a box. You're trying to it, perpetually investigate. Like, mm. I remember it was over a text. You're like, thanks. Or no, maybe, no, it was a tribute post to when we last did our panel with the Asian and Asian American Studies Department. And you're like, I found people who are like me. But even if they're not like me, that's okay. And I thought that was so <laughs> uh, yeah. mindful of um, making sure that you not only surround yourself with people who are same and different, but that you are willing to recognize that um, those that uh, diverse qualities. Yeah, the differences that bind us together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I don't. I I I, I always think that no one reads to the end of my Facebook post because that was like the last. Part I of do. It. <laughs> Thank you. I'm a fan. <laughs> Um, again, we will probably cite you again for... Yeah. <laughs> and let us know when Spicy Eyes... Spicy Eyes, let us know when... Uh, wait, did this episode already air? Yeah, it already aired. Damn! Yeah. To be um, in defense, it is like almost like 7 o'clock here on this recording, so we are pulling it all night. I yeah. can link you, though, for right, sure. Cool. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Oof. Okay. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> We wouldn't be asked if we weren't awkward. Um, so thank you again for being here. Thank you so much, Armina, yeah, for no spending thank you. this Tuesday evening yeah. with us. You guys always give me so much space to like talk and like be myself, and I love that. So, yeah. Thank you. Sometimes I think I am, um, and this is just me opening up, sometimes I think I uh, become too overprotective of you because I think that I think the world of you not again not to infantilize you but like that somebody like as intellectual as you um, needs to be supported in every way possible thank you so we love you we love you I we'll cite you. you we'll buy your books <laughs> um, alright alright let's sign off this is Jean this is Nicole this is Armina and, and you are listening. Yes, you are listening to, to a, a podcast, podcast that will disappoint. That um, will magically <laughs> disappoint. Yes, magically disappoint. I'm just <laughs> your parents, our parents, maybe Armina's parents. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>